This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. <clears throat> We're going to talk to our friend Jay Drew coming up here momentarily. He writes for the Deseret News. He covers BYU football and Utah basketball. We'll talk to Jay about both because both are, you know, relevant at the moment, Gordon. Yes, very much so. And he's uh, he's been right in the middle of, uh, of both of them. So, yeah, perfect guest. Uh, real quick, our friend Ute Chasta Trailer uh, tweets in. Uh, he says, the great ones keep their composure. Steve Klauke in the foul ball <laughs> and Vince Cully working an earthquake into his play-by-play without missing a beat. <laughs> yeah, Klauke really didn't miss a beat. He didn't. In fact, he, he saw the comedy in the moment and uh, delivered a line perfectly. Delivered course, a one-liner, yep. It was right there in front of him, and so – but uh, – yeah, I, I was telling uh, Austin, I think those two reactions are indicative of the the play-by-play guys who, who call the action. So it's it uh, was perfectly fitting. Uh, let's see. I guess this is somewhat breaking news real quick. Uh, Justin Bean is going to stay at Utah State. Just tweeted that out. So that's good news for the next head coach of the Aggies. Um, let's get out of the zone phone. Gordon joining us now. He covers youth basketball as well as BYU football for the Deseret News. He's our friend Jay Drew. Hello, Jay. Hello, guys. Good afternoon to everybody. How are you, buddy? You doing all right? Things good? Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks with the coaching search on one of my beats and then BYU spring football and pro day and all that wrapping up. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. You had a specific moment the other day that made me laugh. You told somebody to can it on a press conference, and I got a good chuckle out of that. Uh, but <laughs> let's start off, Jay, with Utah basketball and uh, Craig Smith's contract. I know you uh, spent a great deal of time yesterday pouring over it. Give us kind of the basics of uh, what uh, Coach Smith is looking at. Yeah, it's uh, he's, he's not going to be making as much as Larry was. Um, obviously, he's uh, about $1.85 million a year. Um, he's got a lot of incentives. Uh, if he hits all of them, and, and some of them are like, you know, national coach of the year, 25 grand or whatever. But if he hits uh, every incentive, it'd add another 675000 per year. Um, but uh, the base salary is uh, 1.85, and then he's got a million, and then he's got a bunch of perks like, you know, uh, vacation money for his family and tuition for his kids and country club membership and use of a car and and things like that. But so pretty standard in the industry. Uh, the one interesting thing I found was he he has incentives based on uh, gate receipts. I've never seen that in a coaching contract before. But um, so for instance, if if Utah clears two million. Um, in a season, Craig would get an extra. I think it's twenty-five grand, and it goes all the way up to three million, where he would make uh, 
close to I think a uh, hundred grand, or maybe it's seventy-five grand. It tops out at so, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, and uh, you know, you would think that would be incentive for him to to beef up the schedule. And uh, you know, I I think people would rather see him play. Oh, I don't know, Utah State instead of Stony Brook or something like that. So, um, and if he does schedule that, it's you know, it could put money in his pocket. So, so that was kind of what stood out about what I've gone through so far. Jay, you were on that uh, press conference call, and uh, he mentioned, remember he was asked about beefing up the schedule, and he said he was all for it. Now we understand that a little more. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I think uh, what else is he going to say kind of thing. I, I've never seen a coach get on one of those and say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to dummy down our schedule. <laughs> like, like uh, you know, every coach basically – promises that at least and then uh the the former coach didn't quite deliver on that but um but it sounds like uh craig smith has some really good incentive to do so that uh that attendance thing is a pretty big deal because of the dwindling uh partisanship on hand for those utah games i mean it was getting to the point well they closed down the top of the arena all the way around and uh, it, it it was getting pretty bleak there. And, uh, you know, winning generally solves that. But enthusiasm for the program is is another factor. And that's one thing that Craig Smith is really good at is getting people excited about what he's doing. He's emotional in that regard. And that is exactly opposite, uh, it seemed, from what Chris Koviak was like. Yeah, it's... Uh... Sounds like uh, that's part of his personality and makeup, that he's a uh, willing, enthusiastic, energetic guy. I've got to know him a little bit because the last two years I've been down in Vegas covering Utah basketball or Utah women's basketball and then kind of made the move over to Utah State uh, once the Utes were eliminated and um, and covered them. And uh, so, you know, if there was one coach that I had a little familiarity with uh, – Outside of Utah and BYU's coaches, it would be Craig Smith, and and you're right. He's one of those guys you can ask him one question to lead off a press conference or a press session, and he could literally take 15 minutes answering one question. He's he's uh, he can he can talk. That's for sure. Jay, how serious the candidates were Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant? Was that kind of going through the motions, and they knew that uh, neither one of those guys would take it, or were did they seriously consider? I can answer that as far as Alex Jensen, um, and I would say he seriously considered it. I was told by someone really close to him that he was literally on the fence, was the the verbiage they used. As far as Johnny Bryant, I don't know. I I just never was able to kind of talk to anybody that knew him or was that close to him. But I, I can say that that uh, I think I think it was real with Alex Jensen. I don't think he was just a few years ago when BYU hired Mark Pope. Alex Jensen interviewed there, but he kind of went out of his way to make sure everyone knew it was just kind of a courtesy interview. But I didn't get that sense this time. I, I think he was generally interest or genuinely interested in it. And for whatever reason, he well, everyone knows the reasons. He's probably going to get an NBA you know top job here here hopefully pretty soon so um so that so a good reason to stay if if that was what it was 
Were there other serious candidates, Jay, that you know of? You know, I heard all these different names come up, and sometimes you worry that it, there's kind of an echo chamber where somebody throws out a name and then everyone else just repeats it kind of thing. But uh, a name that I I heard a couple times was Mike White, the coach at Florida. And uh, I, I, just, I found that one a little bit hard to kind of fathom because obviously Florida SEC program and he's been to the tournament five straight years with them. But so that was one, I, I think there was some interest expressed going both ways. Um, but other than that, uh, not really. Those were, it was kind of interesting that it, it really kind of got narrowed down really quickly. Like within, you know, a day or two, we were already hearing about, Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant right off the bat. Jay, how much of an uphill climb is this job right now? Um, Craig Smith turned it around pretty quick there at uh, Utah State, but he had Sam Merrill there, right? And he had Kata as a freshman coming in with him and, you know, put together a good run pretty much right off the bat. How hard will that be to do if, if it's even possible at Utah? You know, if you'd asked me before Timmy Allen – uh, entered the transfer portal and before Alfonso Plummer and Riley Batten announced that they were in the portal, I would have said chances of, of having a, you know, winning right off the bat are very good. This, this is a really good Utah team. I, I've mentioned this before on you guys' show that I said that they were the best sub 500 team in the country. And I just got ripped apart mostly by BYU fans as it were for saying that, but you know, I stand by that. You look at all the teams uh, in the NCAA tournament. Utah beat USC by 15. They lost to the Trojans in double overtime in the Vegas tournament or in the conference tournament in Vegas. The, the, they had some talent. This, there's there's a good uh, nucleus there with Brandon Carlson and Pella Larson. And, but, uh, but now that those other guys are, are leaving um, – or say they are, they still obviously can come back. Uh, you know, I'm less bullish on, on the prospects next year. But but if he would have had that same eight or nine rotation that Larry had and then had maybe a missing piece or two, I, I think they would have been right there, you know, top five in the Pac-12. But but uh, now all bets are off with, with all these guys in the transfer portal. Seems like uh, Kraskoviak had a hard time keeping players in his program. Now, this is something that's going on a lot of places. But what what's the deal with uh, – was that an issue? Did Were, were uh, players coming in and just not getting what they expected and, uh, and, and bolding? And do you think Craig Smith will solve that? Yeah, that's, that's tough. I obviously was only kind of covering them full-time for a year – and they they did have a guy Brendan Wenzel uh, right around Christmas that that uh, transferred out and he's going to go to Wyoming it looks like but but then you know even before Larry was was fired uh, two guys I think it was uh, two kind of reserves deep bench reserves hit the portal um, I don't know honestly what it is I I you know every every. Every player wants minutes. I mean, that's just the bottom line, and and uh, the grass is always greener, so to speak. And and I'm not sure that some of these coaches don't literally have these exit interviews or end of season interviews with players and kind of kind of almost force them out or or suggest to them that 
you know, playing time won't get better. Um, you know, look no further than BYU and Connor Harding, who announced yesterday he's he's hitting the portal. I mean, if there's a kid that has a reason to stay, it would seem to be him. He's married to a woman on the women's team. She's already said she's coming back. But uh, um, Connor Harding's, Harding hits the portal. So as a coach, it must be kind of hard. If, even if these minutes slip, even a little bit like Connor's did, they're out of there in a lot of cases. It must be really difficult on a coach. Jay, want to switch gears to BYU football real quick, and I know access was certainly different this year, as uh, everything seems to have been. But what uh, what are some important things that they accomplished, or what are you taking from spring practice this year? Yeah, I, I guess kind of the biggest thing is there are a lot of questions about the defense, and there still are, but from most accounts that I heard, and like you said, we didn't see any of the practices, and they didn't have a spring game, but the defense is, is going to be okay. I mean, I don't think it's going to be great. I don't think it's going to be top 25 in the country uh, like last year, especially against the schedule that looms ahead. But but it sounds like that they feel pretty good about the, the depth on defense. So that was probably my biggest takeaway. And then the other one is that that everything I hear, and I've got a story coming out on this in the next day or two, is everything I hear is that uh, the quarterback race is – kind of been whittled down to more of a Jaron Hall versus Baylor Romney um, kind of race, at least to be the starter and um, and kind of go from there. That's what I've heard from some good sources. I didn't see that with my own two eyes, obviously. But So those are kind of the two takeaways, I guess, that, that I, I got. We had uh, A-Rod on yesterday, and he uh, he talked a little bit about the quarterback situation. Do you get a feel for which one of those – because one thing that A-Rod said was uh, – Jake, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but didn't he say that he favored the guy with the highest ceiling? I, I, I'm pretty sure – he said that. Now he said there are extenuating circumstances that go along with that, uh, like decision making and and experience and whatnot. So, which one of those two quarterbacks do you think has the highest ceiling? I would definitely say Jaron Hall on that. He's uh, uh, Baylor Romney's not a bad athlete. He's an okay and pretty good athlete, but Jaron Hall is a fantastic athlete, and I so I would. I would say um, of those two guys, which one is more like Zach Wilson? And I would say it's Jaron Hall. So then I would I would say he's the guy with the higher ceiling. And, you know, I've gone through my mind on that too. I'm thinking Baylor Romney is kind of the safe pick because he takes care of the football. He's really poised and calm in the pocket. He knows the playbook. He's got the most experience. But he's just kind of blah. Um, when he's out there, um, and then as opposed to what we saw from Jaron Hall two years ago when he beat Utah State and when he got in against South Florida in an eventual loss, is that he's an exciting player. He was fun to watch. So so I would say Jaron has the higher ceiling, but Baylor Romney might be the safest pick right now, if that makes sense. Jay, thank you very much for dropping by and uh, and helping us uh, out. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. Have a great night. Back at you, Jay. Jay Drew, our good friend from the Desert News. He covers BYU football and Utah basketball, and we covered a little bit of both with Jay. 
You notice I didn't say anything about how experienced Jay is. Yeah, you didn't make any old jokes. Thank goodness. That was weird last time. Was it weird? It was weird. <laughs> Insulting uh, our guests? Weird. It was, I didn't insult him. <clears throat> you it was him meant old. as a, I know, but it was meant more as a compliment. Uh, how did you put it? Maybe we need to go back to the tape on that. Because no, you didn't even Jay, say we appreciate really. you jumping on with us. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. It's our friend Jay Drew writes for the Deseret News. Jay has, uh, speaking of tires, he's got some wear on his. You're calling Jay old now? Jeez. No, 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 no. Jeez, I'm, calling, I'm calling him a veteran. <laughs> no, I'm not calling him old. I'm calling him old. I'm calling him experienced. Another word for old. I have great respect for both of you. But when it comes to a comment like that, it's sophisticated. You just have to look beyond what it appears to be. I don't think you're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> That's what he did right there. I didn't call you dumb. You're dumb. There we go. You're right. I, I have to agree with you that that did sound a little bit more on the negative scale than the positive Is the tread off the tire? Speaking of tires, he's got some wear on his. A lot of wear on that tire. About to go into the old tire yard. But, but no, no. But you see, we had been talking about tires leading up to that. And so that was my way of tying it all together. No, we just, we just did a read before the interview. Uh, thanking the title sponsor of the big show, which is Big O Tires. Save up to $150 off Pirelli, Nitto, or Toyo Tires now through April 4th at your locally owned and operated Big O Tires. And then we had 20 minutes of interview, and then you did that. Speaking of tires, he's got some wear on his. It was. It was 21 minutes. 20 minutes of interview. That was very deftly the way deftly done the way you, you know, weave that whole thing together. Well, we love the good folks at Big O. Mm-hmm. I'll mention those guys anytime. Thanks to them for oh, being yeah. our title sponsor. Speaking oh, of tires, a lot of wear off that tire. <laughs> Speaking of tires, Austin's got a spare one. Speaking of tires, they're about to put his tire in Shady Acres. It's about to become pellets on a football field, if you know what I mean. Not funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Gordon. Uh, If if it hadn't been uh, making fun of me, it would have been pretty funny. Just standing up for Jay Drew. Yeah, we are. You bully. Do you you think Jay is old? I think he's spry. Speaking of tires, he's got some wear on his. <laughs> then you you have the gall to go. I was complimenting You're calling him. Calling Jay old now? Jeez. No, 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 no. Jeez, I'm calling. Gordon? I'm calling him a veteran. <laughs> no, I'm not calling him old. I'm calling him old. It sounded uh, different than how I meant it, uh, but uh, hey, we've been there. Yeah. We've been there. <laughs> oh, have we now? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> it sounded differently in your brain and comes out as an insult. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I apologize, Jay. That's not how I meant it. But you didn't do it this time, although you did bring no. it up. Well, I, I brought it up just to concede that I, <laughs> I may have overcooked it the last time. So, all right. Big thanks to Jay for jumping on with us. We we do appreciate it. All right. We'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. We've got the Not Sports Port at 450 Bowler at 5. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. 
They said you had the best three-game stretch of three-point shooting, 18 of 22. What the freak, Joe? I don't know what I was thinking. I was just playing basketball. And then I said, Duranay, there's been way too much talk about this. I said, watch me stink it up for the next week or two now. And look what happened. I stunk it up. Everyone just shut up and worry about your own lives and leave me alone. Talk about Donovan and Rudy. They get paid bloody $200 million. They go talk about them. Leave me Leave me alone. I thought you were going to swear there, Joe. Leave me the bleep alone. You edited yourself. I did. I held myself very well, man. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5. In 1280 The Zone, if uh, you're just joining us, kind of a, an action-packed afternoon with the Utah Jazz. Their plane that took off from Salt Lake City International Airport uh, had to turn around just minutes into its flight to Memphis because it uh, ran into some birds and had some engine trouble. And the Jazz will be uh, flying out later this evening on a different charter going to Memphis. But in other Jazz news today, Gordon, did you see it was announced that Donovan Mitchell will be the commencement speaker, a speaker for the University of Utah graduation? I did see that, and I thought it was pretty cool because Donovan is one of those athletes that has something to say. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Well, it's Cool certainly... on both sides, one that they asked him and two that he accepted. Well, it's interesting. His uh, education is a big, um, uh, I don't want to say Probably. cause, issue, uh, you know, whatever you want to uh, throw out there for him and uh, passion. There you go. That's better. Thank you, Austin. And so I think that was part of the incentive for the University of Utah to invite him. But yeah, I thought it was nice. I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool, and I'm sure he'll do a really terrific job. And I'm sure it will be an incredibly well attended, com- uh, attended commencement ceremony. Which well, uh, they really need to do something about the commencement ceremony. They really need to jazz him up a little bit. Well, get rid know. of the. I don't know how you do this, but get rid of the walk to get the diploma thing because that's really what takes up all the time. And most people are there to see, like, one person. And so why do you yeah. have to sit through three hours of of people you don't know? I don't know how you jazz that up a little bit, but, yeah, make them dance or something. I don't know. Play, Man, play have, uh, I, rock music or something. I have sat through some real snoozer commencement speeches uh, before. And uh, if you... If you brighten that up a little bit, that'll go a long way. And shorten it up as well. It doesn't have to be some big, long thing. How about something this simple, like when you get your diploma, let the graduate leave? Because that's part of the problem, <laughs> right? You want to, like, congratulate and hug after the ceremony is over. You want to see the graduate, but you have to sit through the hours of it before what you get What if your last name is Winterhosen? Well, they're just, you know, they're just SOL. <laughs> hey, listen, as somebody with the last name that starts with S, that's been my life since elementary school. We're just last. It just happens. This isn't last. Uh, toward the end, you get what I'm saying. All the yeah, but you get some advantages too. But because think of the poor guy named Allen, last name Allen. They gotta get up there first, 
and, uh, and yeah, you know, get it over with and sit down again. Yeah, and that's then go horrible. to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. In that particular case, but there's also cases where you know you're being required to to uh, to uh, to say something, and uh, you may not. You, you, this if your name it starts with an S, then you have a chance to think it over. What if they did something like hire Dave Roberts and did a whole lineup with with uh, pyrotechnics and lasers <laughs> and fireworks for each and every person? Now graduating, five foot four out of West Valley. All right. Karen. That's not a bad idea. How about get rid of the picture with the dean? That seems unnecessary. Who wants a picture with the dean? Just give me my diploma and let me get out of here. Aren't most of the colleges uh, within the university structure there? It's just it's usually just that college. Right. And so that reduces the number somewhat. I think they have an overall commencement. But yeah. Like what Donovan Mitchell well, when is they're going, handing out the, when they're handing out the diplomas. Yeah, I got you. But what Donovan Mitchell is going to be speaking at is in front of everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I like it. I think it's good, and I, you know, because he has something to say, and not everybody fits into that category. Gordon, are you bored with the Grizzlies, or are you like Austin and looking forward to seeing the result of playing the same team three days and or three times in six nights? Not really. It's not my favorite thing. I mean, it's the Grizzlies, right? So, no, it's not my favorite. Uh, I mean, I, I like playoff series because something is on the line. But in this case, it's just kind of redundant. I think you can take some stuff from it, uh, like the adjustments and those sorts of things. Like, I thought game two was important for that reason. But, yeah, I'm a little a little bored with the Grizz. Got to admit. Yeah. And I'd and you know what? The, someone else. If you're looking for an interesting opponent, you might be waiting a little bit because Chicago and Orlando aren't all that interesting either. Although Vucevic on Chicago make maybe that makes that game a little bit more digestible. But yeah, there's a whole. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. There's a whole bunch of winnable games for the Jazz coming up for them to bolster that record even more. And uh, I know they they have Phoenix coming up twice, which and both of them are on the road. And uh, uh, the Laker games coming up, both of them on the road. So uh, they do have some challenges mixed in. But over the next week or two, I mean, they've got, they've got a path uh, to, uh, to really bolster things. And so good for them. Right. And they've already won six in a row. I expect them to add to that. Although you and I set the standard in these four games at three and one because we thought that uh, beating Memphis three times would be difficult. So yes. they've already this, accomplished uh, what we set out for them, if that matters I, to anybody. Well, I've always I've always expected this one to be the toughest one because obviously playing on the road and now Memphis is full and beating any team three straight is is not the easiest. Thing I thought game do. two would be the hardest one, actually. And that turned out the easiest. Well, they winning by the widest margin anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the way I judge easy. Yeah, I mean, some games are easy, and then it gets tight at the end when they don't play anybody. I suppose. But we'll see how John Morant uh, reacts because he had a bad second game, and uh, he's kind of the the straw that stirs the drink there. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But there was some, you know, I mean, that first game, there was some bad blood at the end. And there was a whole lot of maneuvering on the part of the Grizz that uh, enabled them to, to uh, you know, darn near win that thing. I mean, if that if that Brooks shot at the end had fallen, it was going into overtime. So that's why it was so impressive, the way the Jazz came out in that next game. 
to uh, remove all doubt. Of course, they didn't they lead by 21 in the first game too. <laughs> Sometimes doubt is hard to erase. But uh, but anyway, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's it's fun because the Jazz are playing so well. So it really doesn't matter who they're playing anymore. Uh, that game last night got. I mean, come on. What were you thinking about the middle of the third quarter, Jake? Oh yeah. I mean, it was it was a dreadful game from a competitive standpoint. It was over before halftime. Uh, I'd say that uh, winning by what thirty nine points is fairly convincing. But uh, that team, we knew that was going to happen. Did I not predict that? And I'm not saying it was any great prediction on my part. I mean, anybody could have predicted it. But uh, that team has a real hard time scoring. And the Jazz uh, didn't make it any easier for them in that regard. Yeah, but what I told Austin um, I, I think is relevant uh, when we when you uh, – missed us there for the first part of the show, Gordon, is is that you look at the Cleveland team the Jazz played last night and the Houston team the Jazz played the first game after the All-Star break. That Cleveland team would beat that Houston team. <laughs> and the Jazz did not look good against Houston. It didn't matter who yeah. they were playing. They didn't play their game. They didn't look good. Quinn Snyder was red hot after that game, mad. Even though his team won, he was still uh, bothered about how they played and the effort that they gave. There was no such issue against that Cavs team last night. No that such is issue true. at all. So, I mean, I do but, think there is something you can take from it. I'm not defending the Cavs' honor, saying they're any good. But just because they're not a terrific team doesn't mean – and Quinn Snyder pointed it out after the game. He said, mm-hmm. sometimes when you get a lead like that, you get comfortable and the effort drops and the defense drops and they get out of what they do passing the ball, and that didn't happen against Cleveland. And I do think that's important. Yeah, that, I hear what you're saying, although I would – hold it more against in a negative way the Jazz against Houston than I would the positive way uh, last night. Uh, Although that sounds more critical than I mean it to be because that was impressive last night. They did exactly what they should have done to that team. But that game against Houston was a joke. I don't know. The Jazz looked completely disinterested. And I don't know if that's what it was, but that's what it looked like. And the the Jazz haven't proved anything yet. They have to they have to keep that mentality. They have to be focused every night. And even you know, last night's game got to be a joke after a while. But still, they did what they should have done. Uh, they did. And I don't know whether it's humanly possible to always be focused in the way that they need to be. I wrote a column about this. It's posted at sltrib.com if you want to check it out. That the Jazz have to prove it to the world. You know. They're, they're, getting, they're getting criticized or they're not getting the credit, I guess, that they think they deserve. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. And, uh, and they need to prove it, uh, use that disrespect as a, as a motivator for, to keep their hard, uh, hardened uh, resolve in place. And if they do that, then they will reap the rewards for it come playoff time. Uh, but here's the thing about it is, though, the more the Jazz continue to play the way they are right now, the greater the pressure is going to be. They're bringing it upon themselves. Because if they weren't crushing teams, then they then the expectation wouldn't be so high. So now here they are crushing teams, and then you have the skeptics out there sort of just saying, uh, yeah, but look, at uh, you know, they'll, they'll fall apart when the playoffs come around. But they're being elevated in the meantime. So being elevated and doubted simultaneously. Because can they do that in the playoffs? Well, now that they're going to probably very well 
finished with the best record in the NBA, they better be able to back that up in the playoffs or else everyone's just going to say, see, I told you. So they're creating a situation that is going to be pressure-packed for themselves because they're the ones jacking up the expectations by their performances now. Now you got to do it when it matters most. So that'll be interesting to see how the Jazz react to that. But I think it's for real. I think their, their, their mindset is for real. They made this goal. They said before the season started, uh, we're done with the first-round exits in the playoffs. Uh, who said that? That was Donovan and Rudy, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So now, now they've got to back up in the postseason what they're doing in the regular season, which is jacking up expectations. However, there are a bunch of skeptics out there who – who think, ah, yeah, when the Lakers come around, when they get all their players back, or the Clippers, just like Doc Rivers said, uh, th- this is uh, this is just a matter of time. And the way I wrote it in my column is that uh, the Jazz are a first-place team that has an expiration date stamped on its forehead. You know, like this, this is good until the playoffs start. And maybe that will motivate the Jazz even more. They've got a lot to prove, Jake. They really do. I know you just elevated them and downgraded them like five times in the same uh, monologue. But that's that's the predicament they're putting themselves in. It's their own fault. Now it won't be a problem if they are mentally strong enough to take care of their business in the postseason. That's what we're going to find out. Yeah, but I know. Uh, coming up next, we have the not sports port bowler at five. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Doing feel-good songs today, and I'm with Austin. This might be the ultimate feel-good song. How can you not feel good listening to this song? Yeah, I, I, I. Not much enthusiasm. It's okay. It's not my favorite. Jeez. No, Jeez. no, no, no. We're over here feeling good, jamming out. Gordon's like, oh, you know. It's all right. How can you not feel good listening to Walking on Sunshine? Oh, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah. From here on out, anytime Gordon's excited about a bumper song, I'm just going to absolutely poo-poo it. King Tyler Huntley. Incredible. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one goes out to you, Chasta Trailer, who has it programmed on his, uh, what, his Alexa or something that uh, he just says, play Gordon's favorite song, and this comes up? I believe that's uh, the code word might be something different, that, but it's along But that's the legend? Yeah. Wow. I love you, Chasta Trailer. All right. Uh, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. 
over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Florida. Okay. We're going to Florida. Okay. I'm interested in getting your opinion on this one, Jake, because it's uh, it kind of bugs me. But there's trouble at Bartram Trail High School in St. John's County, Florida. Okay. What's going on there is there's a dress code at the school, and the girls at the school feel like they're being unfairly targeted slash sexualized by this dumb dress code that they have. Apparently, on Friday, like 31 girls were sent to the dean's office to either change their clothes or face suspension. And uh, this is... This is uh, on my mind, cause I, as a father of five daughters, this is something that I used to think about, you know, uh, about what what's appropriate to wear to school and what isn't. Well, they have this dress code at this particular school, and uh, one of the girls apparently was uh, ticketed for violating the dress code because she was wearing a jacket, a jacket that was zipped up, Jake, but underneath it, she was wearing a sports bra. And one of the male teachers at the school told her that he to unzip the jacket. And she said, no, I don't want to unzip my jacket. It's zipped up. And he said, no, unzip the jacket. And uh, did it in front of staff members and whatnot. And the girl was embarrassed by the whole thing. And now a bunch of other girls at the school are all wearing uh, tank tops with uh, zipped-up jackets to school to protest uh, this this rule. One of the teachers accused a girl at the school of, quote, you're dressed like a hooker. And I, I just, I have a problem with this because these students, it's not get it if they're, sh- I mean, if somebody, if somebody is just absolutely immodest at school you can understand that but that definition gets real blurred sometimes and at this particular school the girls are being singled out and that really bothers me what what does that have to do with uh, getting an education at a high school it, it just anyway so uh, a bunch of the girls and many of the female staff at the school are upset by this because they think girls are being singled out and, and sexualized by this, by the very thing that is supposed to be keeping things modest at the school, supposedly. Well, what, do you have a feeling on this? Well, I, I don't think humiliating students is, is really ever the right way to go. So there's certainly yeah. several cringeworthy moments in that story. Uh, you just told Gordon, there's no doubt. I'm just happy that, you know, I have a, a daughter who's three and I'm not going to have to worry about any of this. Well, yes, you are. Oh, no. No, I'm not. What do you mean you're not? Oh, she's wearing coveralls to school every day <laughs> oh, because okay. she's got a job that requires those coveralls as soon as that final bell rings. So well, she's not going to have time. To, she's not going to have time to come home and change. So she's, she's oil filters don't change themselves. Yeah, I mean she's going to be. She, she's going to have dungarees, uh, uh, jeans, and a, and a bandana hanging out her back yeah, pocket. Yeah, Is that what you're saying? Because her gig at the auto shop starts at three, man. Yeah. Got paid for that iPhone. That's right. Here's a quote. It says uh, from one of the uh, students at the school, all the girls at BTHS are standing up for themselves, and today we were all wearing zip-up jackets and tank tops, and see, 
uh, what they would do about it, and they dress-coded me and a bunch of other students today. I feel like I am being profiled. You know, do you think there's a double standard here? That Because, I mean, none of the guys were being dress-coded, you know, and some of them were actually tying their shirts up to show their midriff in support of the girls at the school. I just think sometimes from a male perspective, we put these uh, we put these expectations on the girls and, and, and make it a double standard. And I just I think it's unfortunate and it's good for the girls to stand up for themselves. I get it if something is completely crazy, but the, these are girls. Can you imagine that? How would you feel? Sadie is 16 years old. She goes to school. She's got a jacket on that is zipped up. And she's got a sports bra on underneath it, and some staff member is telling her to unzip her jacket. Yeah, I wouldn't like it. I don't think he. And this is in the and, and this is in the name of moral superiority somehow. I I don't know. These things really get get screwed around sometimes. Just messed up in the minds. I think especially of some men. But uh, good for the girls. It sounds like they're standing up for themselves. And like I said, as a father of five daughters who are fairly strong-minded people and uh, have a very clear understanding of who they are, I don't think they would react well to a male teacher coming up to them saying, take your jacket off so I can see what's on underneath it. Shame on you, man. Get your priorities back in, in line. This is crazy. All right, we've got Bowler coming up next. Stay tuned. Action packed. Five o'clock hour on the way on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Hartwell, Athletic Director at Utah State. Knowing that Mark and the University of Utah were talking to some other people, you know, I, I, I don't know that you ever rest easy immediately following the season, but I felt a little bit better about our opportunity to retain Craig. But, uh, you know, Craig and I had a great working relationship and a great friendship, which obviously that will carry on. But it's a little bit of a, of a gut punch, if you will. But, hey, you know, it's also an opportunity opportunity for us. It's an opportunity to continue to build on that success. And, you know, it does not take long in this world for many people to start reaching out to you, whether it's, you know, coaches directly, agents, you know, people who you know in the business. So um, great, great interest already. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All 